Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ten oh one. welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. And we will have Lucas Giolito on in just a matter of seconds. This hour brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Uh, Lucas Giolito coming off a fantastic performance in his last outing, Bruce. And again, he's dialing up as we speak right now. We'll get him up on the phone lines in just a matter of seconds. Absolutely, David. Uh, yeah, Lucas has uh, made a nice comeback from that slight injury he had with his um, with his uh, hamstring. And uh, we now bring in... Uh, we are, I think, ready. No, he's no. not. He's not there okay. just yet, but he will uh, be shortly. Anyway, we'll continue to talk White Sox and Cubs baseball with you. By the way, on the score here, three one two six four four six seven six seven. After our show is over with at eleven o'clock, David and Steve Rosenblum do their particular brand of interesting radio <laughs> up until twelve forty-five. Zach Zaidman has the pregame show, then Cub baseball with Pat and Ron take you the rest of the way. All right, and I think we do have Lucas Giolito on right yes, now, we Bruce, do. so go ahead, you do the intros. We are pleased to have uh, Lucas Giolito join us from Toronto on Inside the Clubhouse. Lucas, thanks for taking some time out today. How are you? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, nice talking with you guys. The the hamstring issue uh, gave you some time off, but uh, you, know, you came back extremely strong in your last outing. Um, what did you do besides uh, deal with the injury to – continue your development at this level um yeah well i mean while i was while i was on the shelf for a little bit um i got got the chance to throw uh two two bullpens um without pitching in a game which the only only other time you get to do that during the years at the very beginning of spring training so i really got to kind of get into a good rhythm good feel for everything without uh without being in a game setting and it uh prepared me well um you know got everything right and then i had that game against the red Sox where i felt pretty good um but you know there's still some things to improve upon and then i improved upon those things in the next one lucas giolito joining us on the el pamonte ford hotline el pamonte ford 500 new and used vehicles to choose from lucas obviously you have your repertoire of pitches and, and you've had those for a, quite a while what was working so specifically in your last outing uh, it was, uh, I'd say the first and foremost command of the fastball, um, a lot of lefties in that lineup and I was able to keep it in on them for the most part. Um, when I was missing, I, w- I was, I was missing more where I was trying to go. So I'd miss up, miss in, um, and then the changeup just worked really well off of that. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, Mac and I, we, we got into a really good rhythm with those two pitches and just rode it out for the whole game. James McCann is your who you're referring to, one yeah. of your catchers, along with Wellington Castile. How much? Uh, I mean, I, I know you know Smitty and uh, you know Navarez were very good for you guys last year as well. But how much 
do you depend on that uh, catcher every day, whether it's McCann or whether it's uh, it's Wellington Castillo? And uh, how much do you uh, do you think pitchers rely on that continuity being a part of their success? Super, super important. Um, I think a lot of people don't notice that kind of thing. Actually, um, your relationship with your catcher. Um, you know, you guys got to be on the same page. When you're not, it can slow the game down. It can it can take you out of rhythm. Can't can't um, get on the same page of, of how you're trying to attack a hitter. Um, you know what 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 pitches you're trying to throw, what locations. Um, you know, these are all things that you know the catcher learns about the pitcher from day one in spring training. Uh, vice versa as well. Uh, it's all about developing that relationship, that feel for each other, you know, what pitches are going right, especially for a starting pitcher, um, because you'll be in there for, you know, more than a few innings, you know, they, they have to kind of see what, what pitches are going right, you know, where, where the miss is, um, you know, what things, what things can I notice about, about, uh, this pitcher's delivery, uh, that I can maybe give him a little pointer on or, or a little cue so he can get back on track if he if he's out out of whack a little bit. So yeah, I mean the list goes on and on. The uh, that that relationship is extremely important. Hey, hey Lucas, I just want to recap for the listeners who weren't familiar with your last outing, but it was at Cleveland the other day. The team won, of course, two nothing. You went seven and a third innings. You allowed three hits. You struck out eight. You had 105 pitches, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And and then so all the you know the the listeners, the fans. They think, okay, well, he did it one time. He can do it every single time, which everybody would hope that you can do, and yourself included. But obviously, it's just not that easy. It goes without saying. Is consistency and being able to duplicate, you know, hopefully what you're able to do one time, is that the biggest challenge, especially for a young pitcher like yourself? Absolutely. Um, you know, this is this is the the number one league in the world. You know, these are the best hitters in the world. So to to expect that you're going to go out there and and shut them out every single time, um, that's awesome. The, that's that's great to think that way, uh, but it's not going to happen even to the best pitchers in the in, in the league. So um, it's great, you know, to to have confidence. You know, my confidence is building off outings like I had in the last one, but at the same time, got to be prepared for um, any sort of damage control, runners on base. Um, you know, you you. It's not like you know, I'm going to go out and, and have a perfect outing after perfect outing. There's, uh, you always have to be prepared and ready for, for stuff to blow up in your face at any time. You know, that's, that's how baseball is. So it's how you respond to it, um, how you prepare for the next one, no matter, no matter how well or poorly you pitched in the previous one. Lucas, how important is the knowledge of having velocity, the knowledge of having more arm strength? How essential is that for you and the feel-good that you take out for a certain game every day, knowing that you're getting very much closer to the type of pitcher, maybe the type of arm that you had when you first came into professional baseball? And uh, then for us novices – does that just come with uh, having the proper leverage and the proper delivery, and now you're you're getting back to being the, the pitcher and the the overall uh, player that you want to be? Yeah, I think the it's a combination, um, arm strength, uh, you know, all all the stuff in the training room, you know, shoulder program, making sure everything's healthy and strong, that plays a factor. Um, uh, I, I'd say another big one is confidence. Uh, I think 
I'm, I'm a big believer that when you're pitching confident, you, you kind of free up and loosen up, and there, there's going to be a few more miles per hour in there uh, than you than you might have thought before. So, you know, if you're on a, a good roll, you're feeling loose, you're feeling free out there, then uh, you'll probably throw a tick harder. And, you know, that's what I was pleased with my last one is that I was throwing harder later in the game than it was uh earlier in the game, which I've never really been that guy, but I'm starting to kind of get a better feel for, for, you know, controlling energy, um, you know, knowing when to empty the tank late in the game, those kinds of things. Yeah. That's got to be exciting to be on the cusp of possibly being able to save a little for later on. I mean, we see some of the great pitchers, of recent vintage, like like Sale, like Verlander, mm-hmm. who could be able to reach back and get a little bit more late in the game. That's it's not easy to be able to pace yourself like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I never really understood it. Uh, I would watch it, you know, ever since I was a kid. And now I'm starting to, you know, I think it comes with time, experience, confidence, all those kinds of things. But um, yeah, I think that's uh, it's a good trait to have as a starting pitcher, be, being able to reach back for more. Hey, Lucas, I'm sure I'm going to be singing to the choir with the following. You know, I've always been a believer that the success of any baseball team, rebuild, call it whatever you want, is its starting pitching. And in yourself, along with Ronaldo Lopez, um, Michael Kopech, hopefully he comes back from injury, uh, Dylan Cease, you know, I'm sure at some point mm-hmm. he'll be up, Carlos Rodon, and, and hopefully the news is is good for him short-term, if not further down the road. And, and I don't want to slight anybody else by not mentioning anybody else, but in the in the five names that I mentioned, including yourself, you have the potential for a very young pitching staff that could be together for a long time, barring injury. Is that how you look at it also, that the success of any team is its young starting pitching, and that if all goes well, things could really go go well itself? Yeah, I think it starts with uh, starting pitching, uh, pitching in general for sure. Um, <clears throat> uh, Ricky always preaches to us in – in spring training about how pitching is like the heartbeat of the team, you know, the, the defense, the hitting, all the other stuff that's, that's, that's the brain controlling the different parts of the body, but the heartbeat is the pitchers. Um, you know, that's, we're controlling the game. We're, we're, we're delivering the pitch. We're starting play. Um, it, I think it's extremely, extremely important to have a, a good, core pitching staff, um, you know, guys com- always communicating each- with each other, helping each other out. Uh, that's that's kind of what we're doing right now um, as, you know, we're all of us young guys are starting to gain experience, learn more and more. You know, it's great to have uh, Ivan Nova in, in the clubhouse, um, you know, a-, a starting pitcher that's been around for a long time uh, that can, you know, talk to – talk to each and every one of us, you know, give us a little wisdom here and there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the future. Absolutely. Dealing with uh, losing and uh, dealing with winning as a team, uh, you've been on mostly winners up until the time you get to professional baseball. Um, how, how essential do you think uh, as a baseball player it is for a team collectively to learn how to win together? I guess how to lose together a little bit and come out of that as well. But uh, the White Sox have had, you know, many losing years in a row here. How essential is it for you guys to be able to learn how to win together? Yeah, it's 
kind of going back to the whole the whole confidence getting on a roll thing I was talking about with pitching it, it's the same on the on the team aspect um you know winning is is always the goal um but you have to play the the right kind of baseball it has to be clean you know you have to have the hits at the right times the pitching has to sync up um you know I think that earlier in this year we were, we were having some issues when it came to you know, syncing everything up, the defense, the offense, um, and the pitching, you know, that we would have good offensive days when the pitching would kind of let us down or or vice versa, whatever it may be. Um, you know, now we're starting to play a little bit better baseball, and I think that there's still, you know, so much more room for us to to, to play even better than that, considering how talented we are. So, um yeah, it's just a matter of more experience, um, you know, getting that taste of winning, you know, knowing how sweet it is and, and just working for it every single day. Lucas, uh, David and I appreciate your time today. Uh, good luck tomorrow on your start. We'll see you when you guys get home on Monday. Thanks again for joining us on Inside Absolutely. the Clubhouse. Yeah, thanks, Take Bruce. care. Thank you, you, Lucas. Lucas Giolito uh, from Toronto getting ready uh, to uh, go out and throw a few pitches today and then start tomorrow and – the, uh, the outing last week, uh, the last time out, David, 90% uh, fastballs and change-ups. Did you see how he got in a little reference of Jackie Gleason there at the end? I did not. How sweet it oh, is. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Honeymooners! Now, do you think he knows who Jackie Gleason is? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> you know, but I, I just wanted to uh, – there's a lot of ifs. There's always ifs in baseball. There's always ifs in life, period. But if the White Sox – could ever get some luck here, you know, and a big if there as well. With Giolito, with Lopez, if Michael Kopech comes back from injury again, if, if, if. If Dylan Cease, you know, turns out to be what everybody hopes he's going to be, and if Carlos Rodon gets any luck on his there's, side as well, there are there's wh- a potential. Yeah, White Sox fans are rolling their eyes at you and I uh, about some of this because well, they're, not happen. They're, they're tired of it. The Cup yeah, fan, look, I get it. Look back to what the Cub rebuild was about in the first three years, and people were hiding, you know, ducking into the shadows, losing 97, 102 games, you know, uh, just being awful. A lot of calls at that point, uh, you know, coming down here saying this rebuild is not working. Epstein and Hoyer don't know what they're doing. They've never done this before, never had a rebuild. So, Time is uh, the essential thing to allow, but it's the hardest thing for a fan to really get its head around. Yeah, and of course, obviously, you need good health, and that's something that the White Sox, unfortunately for them, have just not had. And, you know, all the pitchers, and there's a lot of other guys in the minor leagues as well. All right, 10-15 right now. We're going to take a quick break here right now. We're here up until about 11 o'clock. Bruce, when we come back, I want to talk about what else is going on around the major leagues because there's some interesting stuff that's going on around the major leagues. Also, some potential maybe moves down the road. By the way, speaking of moves, the Cubs have made a move already today, and you predicted this yesterday. Uh, Cedeno has been activated, and Webster goes to the injured list with a radial nerve inflammation. You called that one yesterday. Yeah, Xavier Cedeno, people remember him with the Brewers and the White Sox last year. The left-hander will be uh, coming up making his Cub debut today uh, out of the bullpen if he's chosen to come out. And they need left-handers. You always need left-handers against the Brewers. So this is good timing. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse. 
1025, welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. We were just regaled by the one Steve Rosenblum, who will be here at the top of the hour. I'll be uh, guest hosting with him, I guess, uh, until Cups pregame with Zach Zabin at 1245. Of course, Pat and Ron have the first pitch from Wrigley Field uh, around 120, give or take, as the Cubs and the Brewers go at it again this afternoon, Bruce. Yeah, and uh, Steve will give you his own particular take on uh, what is going on in sports, as he always does. He has... A different view and always pretty interesting view as well. Yeah, crazy view sometimes. Well thought out, though. <laughs> well thought out, crazy view. Um, hey, Bruce, I wanted to talk about some other stuff that's going on around Major League Baseball. I figure, we're, what, we're about six weeks into the Major League season, so it's now a time to take yeah. a look around at the dif- different division races. Um, some of them are going as expected. Some of them not at all, like what we thought uh, going into the season. Um Let's start with uh, around the American League. Let's go around the different divisions, Bruce. The American League East, I don't think anybody thought that Tampa Bay would be leading the division at this point by, well, now it's only a half a game because the Yankees, by the way, the, the Yankees are a story in themselves. The Yankees are always a story. But the fact that they've overcome so many injuries to this point and they're knocking on the door. And here's Boston also. You know, they got off to such a horrendous start, even worse than what the Cubs did. Now they're back over 500, and they're only four games out. So that's that's an interesting division in itself. Well, you know, the three best teams in the American League may indeed be in the American League East with the Rays, Yankees, and Red Sox. The Rays have crazy great pitching. They really do, and uh, they do it in a lot of different ways. They still do the opener from time to time, meaning one pitcher comes in and starts the game, and then they go to another pitcher for four innings, another for three or two. Uh, they have a, an interesting formula. They have two of the uh, two or three of the top pitchers in the game there that nobody gets to see because they average fourteen thousand fans a night in that uh, dump that they call the um, uh, trap. It's a horrible place. So, uh, but the Yankees have been an interesting story, as you said, David, because of the fact that uh, they've lost 10 different guys to the IL this year. A lot of important contributors like Judge, like Stanton, uh, important pitchers. Uh, Severino, their top pitcher, went down, might be out the entire year. And they continue to win and continue to bring people up that nobody have have ever heard of, and uh, they continue to contribute. Speaking of young pitchers and speaking of Tampa Bay also, Tyler Glasnow, who got off to it has gotten off to a great start, but I know he left last night's game. Right. We don't know what the injury status of you know him leaving last night's game. That's number one. And then speaking of the Yankees, and, and you know, you you clued me in that you know he had twenty some odd appearances last year, but I don't really recall them. I'm gonna I, is it Domingo Herman? Is that how you say it? Herman. Yeah. Herman. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, he leads the major leagues with seven wins already, so I know. He, he's a story in himself. Yeah, they, and you know, they, they, the dependency, what they have, and it's always consistent, is they have this awesome bullpen. So they can win when their offense scores enough, they're going to win that way, but that bullpen is going to keep you right there, and you can go from the fifth inning on with some tremendous arms, three or four guys that could be closers and other teams that are set up men for the Yankees, so... From that perspective, they keep uh, they keep themselves together and in many games. All right, from the American League East, we go to the Central. Of course, the, the White Sox in the Central. 
Did you anticipate that Minnesota would be leading the division by four and a half games six weeks into the season? I didn't like anyone in the division. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Honestly, it, it probably is I the didn't worst like what Cleveland did because they tried to dump out $20 million in November and December. Uh, they didn't bring back Brantley, who was their number one offensive player in the outfield. Their outfield doesn't uh, contribute any offense whatsoever. They had to deal with uh, injury to Lindor, who's one of the best players in the game at the beginning of the year. So um, with injuries to their pitching staff as well, they have stumbled. They're still over 500 and a decent team, but uh, Minnesota's pitching has been off the chart. They have been really, really good. And uh, right now you'd have to say that they have a chance. They have the best record in baseball, David. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's pretty amazing, but uh, they're getting an awful lot of the rotation, enough offense, and that's interesting to watch. It's also one of the reasons why teams like Detroit and the White Sox still have marginally acceptable records for the American League, meaning they've been teetering around the 500 mark because there's a lot of bad teams. You know, after the three teams in the American League, after Minnesota and Cleveland, you look at the West, Houston's really, you know, a cut above Seattle and the Angels. They're they're not going to be contending teams, I don't believe. So there's six teams uh, that are, are going to be going to the playoffs that you can name right now. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's the way it's been in the American League. Uh, Houston, by the way, in the West with a five-game lead over Seattle. The Angels are five and a half back. My question to you, Bruce you know, Mike Trout is obviously still a great, great player, and they signed him to this long uh, extension. Will he ever win out there? I mean, will will Anaheim ever win with Mike Trout? I guess he doesn't care because he signed a new extension, didn't he? Yeah, long, long term. So yes. I, I guess staying there and believing where he's at is the right place, and I, I admire that. But uh, I think everybody else has more angst about him winning than he does. Because the Angels have uh, had a hard time winning. They've transitioned from Mike Sosha uh, into, uh, you know, another manager now. And, uh, you know, again, they they don't seem to necessarily go about it the right way because the pitching is just never good enough. When they had a good young pitching staff about two or three years ago, they all got injured and uh, haven't been able to... uh, bring up anybody to satisfy what they need there. And by the way, I should throw out the phone number as always, 312-644-6767. If you want to talk about anything that we're talking about, or if you want to talk about anything that you want to talk about in Major League Baseball, we're here for you. Bruce, switching over to the National League in the East, Philadelphia and and our good buddy Jake Arrieta is pitching well over there. Philadelphia now with a three-game lead over Atlanta. The Mets are three and a half out. Washington has fallen six and a half out. And our good buddy also, Davey Martinez, I think is on borrowed time as far as being their manager. Well, they already fired the pitching coach there. So that's the first shot on the ball. And after that, um, you know, they had a poor year last year. They have outstanding players. They've had injuries, some very... uh, very uh, debilitating, but uh, Davey will be on the hot seat, and it depends on how long our friend Mike Rizzo, the general manager, wants to watch a team that's uh, eight eight games under five hundred and trailing by six and a half right now in that division. How long he gives it? We're we're coming up on the forty game mark, uh, meaning one quarter of the season coming up here pretty soon. So, you know, uh, 
I'd say he's got probably until um, Memorial Day to help get this straightened out. Otherwise, we're probably going to see someone different there. All right, we'll get to the Central last because that's the division the Cubs are, of course, in. Let's go to the West first. The Dodgers are obviously the class of that division. Arizona's hanging in three out. San Diego, four out. Um, So I think the Dodgers are the class of that division. My question, though, to you, Bruce, in regards to that division if Arizona falls further and further behind, Zach Greinke's off to a great start with his five victories. Is he their trade piece down the road for yeah. somebody? That was the plan, but uh, nobody saw this uh, decent start coming. They all thought, you know, after moving, uh, you know, an essential pitcher, after Goldschmidt left, after Pollock uh, signed as a free agent with the Dodgers, that this was going to be a rebuild time for Arizona. It's not quite there yet, so... Their general manager is going to have to figure out if this is fool's gold or not and that they have to continue the rebuild or they add on and try to get into the playoffs this year. San Diego, much improved team, over 500. Certainly you got those two guys on the the shortstop and third baseman who might be the stars of this team for a long time. And we're talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. at shortstop who was a young White Sox player before they traded James Shields for him. And then you have Machado there for the next 10 years. So that is an intriguing shortstop third base combination we're looking forward to. And one last question out of that division before we get to the Cubs and the Central. Cody Bellinger, I mean, my gosh, he, he finally fell under 400. He's at 399. He leads the majors in 38 RBIs. He far and away leads the majors in the war. It's not always, for me, the biggest stat. I know it is for a lot of people, but my God, his war is 38 and and I think the next guy after that is Trout at 2.7. Right. He's having an unbelievable season so far. Yeah, he's not going to keep this pace, but uh, he's showing that uh, those signs of two years ago when he was a, a great player for them, and he's coming back to being that. And he's he's difficult to get out. The Dodgers team is, you know, I, I love the way they're built and the lefty-righty balance that they have in their lineup. Uh, the, the guy that has 12 home runs, that's, a, that's really been in um, – a, a kind of a nice surprise for them is Jack Peterson, who was rumored to be traded to the White Sox and came very close to getting traded here before they pulled him back because of uh, them not being sure about some of their players coming back physically able. That deal was almost done, and uh, he would have looked very nice in the Chicago White Sox outfield. All right, let's finally, the divisions-wise, let's talk about the Central. Obviously, as of today, very competitive division. And I think, it, you know, that was a question to Joe Madden yesterday, both before and after the game. Will it be like this all season long? And the likelihood is, the answer is yes. The Cubs in Milwaukee are tied. St. Louis a game and a half behind. Pittsburgh only three and a half yeah. behind. This is a very competitive division, obviously. And if you listen to Joe Madden, and you should, because... His scouting hat is uh, ex- extremely intelligent, the, the one he puts on when he looks at other players. He loves their their starting pitching, and Pittsburgh has good pitching. The offense is questionable, but uh, when you have that kind of pitching, and you, you have the kind of division here where you can you can project, David, that you're going to have four teams again over 500. They had that last year. Mm-hmm. People thought Pittsburgh was off. They actually finished over 500 last year, so... Four teams competing, four teams that can win anywhere from 85 to uh, 95 games. I think it's going to be a sensational summer. I know Cup fans don't like it. They like when their team dominates. Uh, I don't see this division being dominated by anybody this year. Hey, Bruce, you know, you and I talk all the time. We have our own talk show each and every game (laughs) during games. Yesterday at Wrigley Field, of course, on the south side as well. 
and we talk about what the Cubs or the White Sox might do down the road, specifically right now about the Cubs and you know, every team, I don't care how good their bullpen is, every team is looking for more pitchers for their bullpen, especially as the season goes on and on and some of these arms get a little bit more tired. It's just a fact of baseball life. And, you know, if, if the Cubs are looking for more pitching, I asked you specifically about a, a guy yesterday, Shane Green for the Tigers. Right. The Tigers have 16 wins. He's got 13 saves in those 16 wins, and they're going to they're gonna peel off some players down the road. Is that at least a possibility for the Cubs or somebody else? Well, I write, you know, almost every day at 670thescore.com on both the White Sox and Cubs, and I wrote a story two days ago about how the Tigers and Giants both have had uh, numerous scouts in to look at the Chicago Cubs in these last two homestands. And part of that is about the Cubs eventually – Looking to add, Theo Epstein used the term transactional when asked about the Cubs last week on MLB radio. Transactional, talking about moving uh, parts in his bullpen and that he's going to continue along with Jed Hoyer to add to that bullpen. And guys like Green and another name to keep your eye on is Will Smith of the Giants. The Giants are going nowhere. They're in a rebuild Will Smith is a veteran pitcher who's been mostly a setup man, but right now he's been the Giants' closer. He's nine for nine in save opportunities. So you got you got two guys that have been perfect in save opportunities. The Cubs need a back-end helper. You cannot count on Morrow coming back no matter what you hear. Uh, you have Strope with the same left hamstring injury he had last September bothering him in May of 2019 that's not a good sign and by the way we should point out that's will smith the baseball player not will smith the actor there's a difference he could probably pitch too (laughs) he could box we saw him play ali oh my god that was a really good movie and he did a really good portrayal in that movie uh the bottom of the hour brought to you by northwestern football don't miss your chance to watch big 10 football at ryan field this fall as the number 17 northwestern wildcats host ohio state iowa and more season tickets on sale now at nusports.com also brought to you by get on board i L.org. Tired of slow zones and delays on your commute on the bus or train? Well, make your voice heard at getonboardil.org. Tell your statewide elected officials to invest in transit. Better funding means better rides. Let's take, well, go ahead. Yeah, Bruce. We're, we're going to take a break, but we're going to come back and talk about some of the moves the Cubs should make, mm-hmm. some of the moves maybe the White Sox should make, and your calls at 312 644 6767, text 6711, before we wrap this thing up and turn it over to David and our good friend Steve Rosenblum right here on the score. 1045, welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. I'm David Schuster. He's Bruce Levine. We're going to keep you company for about another nine or 10 minutes and then we'll pave the way for Steve Rosenblum to come in here in the studio. I'll be uh, sitting in with him up until 1245. Zach Zaidman with the Cubs pregame from Wrigley Field. Cubs and the Brewers. Pat and Ron with the play-by-play. And that'll start roughly about 121st pitch. Bruce, we got a lot of your fans who want to talk to you. Should we go out to the phone lines? Absolutely. Okay, 312-644-6767. We start right here in downtown with DJ. Go ahead, DJ. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, guys. Um, So... I think the number one thing that the Cubs need to work on right now is you, Darvish. You, you know, it. I don't understand how, you know, he only goes, he only went, what, like three or four innings on Thursday. Four innings, yep. You know, and Close then Mike Montgomery pitches. comes in and he does four shutout innings. Like, you know, I've, like it was nothing. 
you know. So, you know, I'd almost I'd almost be willing to say, hey, you know what? Flip him around. Put Mike Montgomery in as the starter and bring Darvish, you know, in as a reliever. It's not, you know, it's not a horrible idea. Uh, the economics tell you it won't happen. Unfortunately, the way to get this guy, uh, and again, the Cubs have him for the next, this year and f- four more years after this. So uh, that economic commitment, their belief in his stuff. Yep. And David, we've seen the stuff. The stuff is good. He just doesn't trust his fastball. He doesn't want to command his fastball. I think he's afraid that when the, the fastball is the pitch that's getting hit and uh, his command over the breaking ball is, uh, you know, here and there. That's why you end up with crazy lines like, and thanks for your call, by the way. Yeah, appreciate it, DJ. And you get crazy lines like seven strikeouts and five walks. And, you know, that's he's leading uh, the major leagues in walks right now. You know, it's really interesting, Bruce, and I asked this question of Joe Madden, I think it was yesterday, although the days blend one into another all the time. But I asked uh, Joe yesterday, I think it was before the game, do you learn something from the Tyler Chatwood experience last year to apply to what's going on with you, Darvish, this year? And the Cubs had a lot of patience, obviously, with Tyler Chatwood. Last year, the fans wanted to get him out of the rotation. And finally, they lost their patience, and they did. Right. I think their patience will be extended again even further because of the economics that you're saying here with you, Darvish. But at some point, if it's detrimental, they'll have to do something. I don't know. You know, again, you, you have so much money committed, and the belief is the guy, he doesn't get hit hard. I mean, he gave up one hit, right? One hit in four innings. But Chatwood didn't get hard, uh, hit hard uh, at no, all he didn't, last but year. When you're, but when you're putting the, the offense that's facing you in the mode of, hey, he's throwing balls, we'll just let him walk us, uh, then it, it's detrimental. 97 pitches in four innings is just just not getting it done and uh he says all the right things i know he does the work but again uh this is not the picture that they thought they were spending 22 million a year on times six yeah uh all right let's go out back to the phone lines north side of the city and josh go ahead josh you're on inside the clubhouse thanks guys um i just wanted to follow up on a couple points when you did your rundown of the american league and how uncompetitive you know, it is, it's actually, it's not just uncompetitive watching some of these, I'm a Sox fan, so watching some of these games against some of these teams, it's just like, it's just really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. And, you know, thinking about some of the stuff Tim Anderson's been talking about, you know, lately and thinking about MLB attendance woes and some of these meta issues that the game is facing, you know, this big one is like just uncompetitive baseball. And there is no reason to go watch a game when you know that April and May are just going to be a real slog through figuring out, you know, which guys are coming up and coming down and, you know, which personalities are going to be gone by tomorrow. And it's like, it's just a really sad thing to watch. And it's unfortunate. And Tim Anderson's going to be, and I hope he keeps it up. And I think he's going to be a great voice for the game, but the, the Sox, the win and loss columns have to be reversed right. for this to reverberate for Tim Anderson publicly and in the city and, um, that's just the bottom line, and I, I just I want to see the game be more competitive again. Dallas Keuchel needs to be on a team, needs to be on a team. These guys, you know, I get it. You Darvish, a lot of money, you know, for what you're getting, but you know, they, they got to figure this out. And I hope the players in the league do this sooner than the next contract because it's just really unfortunate. Look, so, it, uh, and, thanks, and I think it's a good call because David, um, the White Sox aren't getting the respect they deserve, and I think a lot of it has to do with the. Comp- 
competition in that American League. The fact that it is, uh, you know, it is the B word. It, it is, you know, boring. And, and there, there are aspects of ma- Major League Baseball that are fundamentally, you know, hurting the game and the fact that uh, attendance is down. So uh, they, they have to find a way to make owners be more competitive sooner and not think that rebuilds are the answer to every problem that a franchise has. Rebuild to me is, okay, we hope this works out, but in the meantime, we're saving a lot of money, and when we do have a chance to compete, the money will be there. But if it takes five or six years, okay, well, in the meantime, you're losing fan interest. You're losing you know, the idea that the American League's a good league. It, it's you know The National League is far superior right now as far as competition and the the type of games that you get night in and night out. You know, it's really interesting, Bruce, and you made me think for a second, which is a rarity for me sometimes, but, you you know, Rob Manfred has gone out of his way for the last bunch of years to try and speed up the game, and he thinks that's one of the things that will be the sell for baseball. But you just made mention of something. Maybe he has to put some pressure on the owners to change things to make baseball better. And I'm just wondering behind the scenes if something like that might occur. The only thing will be a collective bargaining agreement after 2021 where there is a floor where you have to spend a certain amount of money on payroll regardless. And then for the owner's side, they'll have to have some type of salary cap, which has been the bane of uh, Major League Baseball since Marvin Miller helped uh, found the uh, union and the fact that it's a free market and that's how they've gotten to be the richest and maybe best uh, in the history of the world uh, association or um, if you want to call it, um, you know, you know, a group together that make the kind of money they do. It's just the best in the world. They make tons of money, but we see that reversing a little bit. We see it changing and, um, Maybe it's time that baseball does accept a form of a salary cap so it is more equitable and teams have to spend a certain amount on their payroll. All right, let's take one last phone call before we wrap up inside the clubhouse. We stay in the city south side with Big Jim. Go ahead, Big Jim. You're on the score. Big Jim, are you there? He went out for a smoke. (laughs) Big Jim going once. Big Jim going twice. Big Jim Sold and gone. He, he gone. <laughs> but, you know, again, David, um, there there is a problem with attendance. There were 12 teams after the first month of the baseball season down from uh, last year. That's significant. Uh, weather aside, you know, that, that is something that they have to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times I turn on games, and you do as well, around the major leagues. I'm not even talking so much here in Chicago, but elsewhere as well. And there are just empty stadiums, you know, for some of these games at this point. Will gambling be the thing that saves baseball? I think it'll certainly help. That'll be a future topic here on Inside the Clubhouse. David, thanks for stepping in uh, for Matt this week. I know you and uh, Steve are going to have a great show leading up to uh, Zach and no, the pregame show. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, people can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also on our website, I write Everyday Cubs and Sox at 670 The Score. I'll see you at the ballpark, David. All right. Pave pave the way for me. Mike Montgomery, Lucas Giolito were our guests. We appreciate them. And our producer and co-pilot, Zach Withers, Steve Rosenblum, and myself coming up very shortly. Thanks for listening, everybody. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.